Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you like what we talk about here on the Belonging Podcast, I think you'll really love my book. It's called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And it is available right now wherever books are sold. It is a beautifully illustrated guide to connecting with the earth, your ancestors, and your communities as you come home to your whole self. Though we live in a radically different looking world, the needs of our bodies and spirits are the same as the ancestors we come from. I divide this book into four parts, land, lineage, community, and self, and I take you on a journey for engaging more deeply with your life. I provide stories from my own life and I share rituals, recipes, and ancestral wisdom, journal prompts to support you on your individual and unique and sacred path. You can get more info and bonuses at rootandritualbook.com and pick it up at your favorite bookstore online or in person. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to me. Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection. As we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth and your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Hi, welcome back to Belonging. This is Becca Piastrelli here. Hello. I want to talk about the moon this week. Who wants to talk about the moon? The moon is perhaps popular still in, I don't know, hashtag witchy Instagram. When I look at the sort of cliche trends of whatever is of the moment, particularly in the realms I dwell in, which is like earth medicine and sisterhood and earth-based spirituality and ancestral connection and seasonality and cyclicality of, of being a woman or a female identified being. I think it's all great. You know, I think it's so cool that moons, just like moon images are all over Etsy and in anthropology and all of it. And I know there's, there's certainly lines that might be crossed that are crossed in when something becomes trendy because these like bigger companies may be appropriating or stealing the images and artwork of, or even the teachings of people who have been doing this work and creating this art and truly uh, sharing their connection with particularly in this case, the moon. I can feel a little bit like, Hey, I've been doing this a long time. And now that it's trendy, you know, there are lines being crossed and there is harm being caused. I totally see that and think that's not okay. And I think it's really good sign that the greater collective is interested again. And I say again, because this stuff never left this connection to the moon that is waxing and waning in the sky every 29-ish days, every month, this thing in the sky, this 
this moon that literally keeps us alive and controls the tides in our bodies and the tides and the oceans and the magnetic force and all of it. This, this thing that our ancestors were staring at in the sky and feeling reverence for that we find it cool. I think that's a remembrance of who we are and what it represents. So I thought I would share this week on belonging about my connection with the moon. I don't remember if I've ever shared this before. Certainly not on the podcasts. I know I've shared over the years my connection with the moon, but we are evolving creatures. So I'm going to share what it's like right now in early 2019 for me to be in relationship with the moon because I am a human being that is constantly evolving in my relationship with the natural world. And when one is on the journey of belonging, the continuous path of coming home to yourself, these, these things shift and change. And just as we are, our bodies are aging and we spiral with ancestral time and we are healing the old patterns and the old wounds, relationships and energies shift for us. So first and foremost, I want to say the moon is the ancient timekeeper of the year alongside the sun. In many, if you're looking at the feminine masculine duality, the binary, which I know some folks actually don't appreciate those, those who are really trying to move beyond the binary, particularly with gender. So perhaps we can use different terms like receptivity and penetrative, but I'm going to stick with the feminine and masculine descriptors. For now, the sun ruling a year, right? Uh, with its death and rebirth at the winter solstice, it's waxing and waning over one year. Also, a holder of life is more of the masculine energy. And then the moon, who appears at night and goes to complete darkness every month of which there are 13 in a solar year. It represents more of the feminine qualities of any human being, of these receptive, cyclical, shadowy, uh, mysterious parts of ourselves. And, and the timekeeping of it is a month, a 29-ish day cycle that those of us who bleed, give or take days, also experience. And also a side note on that. I saw a really great Instagram post by uh, Sarah Faith Godestiner, who does moon work. Excellent moon work, actually, who really makes sure she expresses that the moon is for everyone and not just for people with wombs or who bleed. And I really appreciate her perspective and her work from that place, because I think I particularly was drawn to the moon in my sort of awakening and remembering of ancestral ways through my moon blood, through being a bleeding woman. And it's true that I centered it around that for so long, particularly when I wasn't bleeding because I was working with birth control and, and moving through some times when I wasn't a bleeding woman. But working with the moon helped me come back to and actually call in my blood again, which is beautiful and important and so powerful for so many of us. And 
the moon, the ancient timekeeper, the ruler of tides and emotions, the one who is constantly transforming is for all of us, no matter our gender, our identity, no matter our age, whether we bleed or not. So let me just make sure that is punctuated first and foremost, because all of us, no matter what our hormonal patterns are, are cyclical beings. And so I think in this culture we live in that really likes to treat us or expect us to be always on and up and alive and hyped and caffeinated and uh, peak performing and all the things, you know, treats us like factory workers, frankly. This is remnants of the Industrial Revolution where our value was measured by how many widgets or whatever we could put together in an hour. And so that's where this whole clock in, clock out, and your value as a human being, and they're human beings today, particularly in developing nations that are making the clothes that many of us wear and the devices many of us are using, still operate in that paradigm of being valued by how much they can output in an hour or a day. And those of us with the privilege to not have a life like that are, are perhaps recovering from an experience of our ancestors or our own lives of, of trying to be, I'm moving my hand like across and not moving it up and down, but that's sort of steady state. There's a valuing of a steady state. And then when we bleed or get sick or have an emotionally down day or a tough mental health bout or um, need to be introverted or need to be expressive and outward, we maybe judge ourselves or feel judged as not being stable or not being trustworthy or anything like that. And so the moon is reminding us of our true natures. We can take these cues from her vibrance, from how she, this is what you can count on her. I'm using a her pronoun with it. A lot of times in a lot of folklore and myth, she has a grandmother energy to it, grandmother moon or la luna or any of those. But she, you can count on her to be dark. And then two weeks later, you can count on her to be bright and vibrant and to literally keep you awake at night with her brightness. So there's so much to learn from the way she hides and the way she's quiet, the way she emerges, the way she allows herself to be fully seen. All of us, no matter who we are, can benefit from seeing that in the sky And think about our ancestors who didn't have devices and electricity and, you know, lights to turn on when the sun went down. Like the moon was a very powerful force from which to live their lives. And I would argue the same for us. It's just a little bit, we've got to put in a little more effort to connect with her outside our windows, to step out and be with her, to know what phase she's in. So hmm. right now when I'm recording this, the moon is waxing. She's growing. Actually, last night she was at her half point, a great balance, a chance to drop into being half in darkness and shadow and half in the light. 
and we're working our way towards her fullness next week when I'm recording this, which is different from when you're listening to this. So I, I wonder if you know right now when you're listening to this, what phase the moon is in. Is she growing to her fullness or is she waning to darkness and newness? And it's totally okay if you don't know. I highly recommend, uh, I think if you use Google Calendar, because we all got the technology in our lives, you can add in a, a moon phase sort of tracker in your Google Calendar. I also have some moon apps on my phone. Let me just pick up my phone and see what they are. Okay, I have one just called Moon, which is great. It's, yeah, it says it's 62%. The new moon is in 20 days. The full moon is in five days. But then there is a really cool one that my friend Erin Duffy Oswald of The Telling of the Bees recommended when I took her moon gardening course. I also very much recommend that. Uh, called I Luna. And I Luna shares a lot more about what phase of astrology of the zodiac the moon is in. So right now, it is in Gemini. So the moon moves through zodiac signs every two to three days. I won't touch upon that today, but that would might be fun to do another episode on. Uh, but yes, the iLuna app shares that more. Yes, we're waxing. So that is my first recommendation, is to know at any moment what the phase of the moon is and, or at the very least what it's moving towards and to take whatever that represents and apply it to yourself. And it takes some time. It takes some time to really feel the connection. I it's, this is the Western brain, the Western mind. Thank you. Western mind for keeping us alive and all the things you do. But sometimes the Western mind can make it so it feels very difficult to drop into these deeper ancestral elements of lives, like what is my connection to that moon in the sky, that literal planet? I can like cognitively get that it moves the tides, and I know about mag- like the magnetic pull, but when you ask me about how I can see her and see her as a grandmother and see her in myself, that's where I struggle. I totally hear you, but stick with it because you are obviously listening to this because you're drawn to it. And there's so much it reflects back to us. So I will share some of what I work with and know. And this is a drop in the bucket of of what is possible in moon work or moon journeying. But I really follow the phases and see what they represent ancestrally, and in folk magic, and in folk tales, and then what it feels like within me. And layering upon that, where I am in my own moon cycle as a bleeding woman. So let's start with the new moon. I just think of it as a circle, right? A clock face. And at midnight, at the top of the clock, it's new. It's dark and then it's new. So dark and new are separate, separated by a couple hours. So there is a moment where this, the moon goes into complete darkness. There's no moon to be seen. And this is all based on our view 
from the earth as the sun is shining on the moon blocked by our earth. So it's very much in deeper relationship with the planets and the sun for us to see what La Luna shows us. So dark comes before new and new is that first teeny beginning, that little sliver. That's when she becomes new. So this is associated with the winter season. This is associated with inwardness. For the bleeding folk, it can be associated with the time of bleeding. It's really a time of reflection and inwardness, calling in things and planting new seeds, new thoughts, new habits, taking time to journal. This is the time I meet with my women's circle, which not everyone is drawn to because a lot of times, particularly if you're bleeding on the new moon or being feeling really affected by the new moon, it can be hard to gather with other people. I'm not here to tell you how you're supposed to feel on the moon. I'm just on the moon phase, a particular moon phase. I'm just trying to draw you into your own relationship with the moon. So I like to use the new moon time to really channel that winter bleeding crone inward wisdom. And then you move. So if you're moving along the clock face, you move to, let's say three o'clock waxing, the growing the waxing crescent of the moon phase associated with springtime, with the maiden, with growing energy, follicular phase of your cycle. It's a time where you're tending to your seeds. So if you have a ritual practice of uh, speaking aloud intentions, planting the seeds, if you will, on the new moon, when it's waxing, And when you're hitting, whether you hit that moment of exactly of a waxing crescent quarter, halfway between new and full, or that whole phase, it's really a time of of increased energy, right? It's like building and working. That's what I love about springtime seasonally. If we can equate this moon phase to that seasonal phase is I do feel such increased energy to do. And as long as I've spent that winter time really getting clear and crystallized on my dreams and my visions, it feels very in alignment. And so if we just bring it down to the moon phase of a month, if I'm getting really clear in that new moon time and what it is in the next moon cycle I want to create and cultivate in my life, I have so much energy and aliveness in that waxing time, that building time. I also am increasingly attracting attention and I can feel my power for channeling into our magic, our innate magic of living this way. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm told this is the best time to like network and date and that oftentimes we have increased attraction and there's a lot of magic that can be done with that. Then we hit six o'clock on the clock, the bottom, the opposite side of, of 12, full moon. The moon is full. It's associated with summer, with ovulation, with the mother archetype. It's a time where you have full and deep access through your expression. Whereas when the moon was new and dark, You had full and deep access through inward introspection. 
And this is now a time where you can really express. It's a great time to be in community. Think about the great full moon bonfires of being wild and singing and dancing. And there is a a sense of enjoying the abundance of Mother Earth and the moon's bounty. It is celebration. It's a great time to claim that abundance. It's also a good time to make sure you're super grounded. I think, I think full moons can often make take us away. It's often a time when we we have insomnia because that moon is bright on our faces, but we can also feel that really it's that energy is more in our upper parts of our body and our head. It can sort of lift our feet off the ground. So I usually don't sleep well the three-ish days around the full moon, and I really have to practice grounding myself, touching my body, moving in my body, drinking a lot of water, trying not to go so heavy on the coffee. I really like to take a ritual bath when the moon is full, put stones and herbs and flower petals and to really just, it's very sexy. It's a very sexy, alive time, the full moon. And then we turn round the wheel and the energy of the moon starts to wane. Shadow comes in and we move towards waning gibbous. And this doesn't, if you're a bleeding person, this is sort of timed with the dreaded or not luteal phase where energy dips. And that's really tough in our society where we're so addicted to the up. We're so, we want to feel up and alive and productive and expressive. And then there's that hairpin turn, that really summer to autumn turn where energy starts dropping and it can feel like anxiety, it can feel like panic, it can feel like getting sick. So it's a really good time to start thinking about if you can equate that time to autumn of like the leaves, the trees, leaves and the trees being let go of. Like what can you let go of in that time to really prepare yourself for the completion of the phase? And the completion of the phase is release and then coming back around as a different transformed person in one month, in one moon cycle. It's a great time for getting organized and tying up loose ends, rituals around forgiveness of yourself or of others, uh, letting go of patterns and beliefs. I find my I really like to budget around the waning time. I tend to spend more when I'm waxing, when it's when the moon is waxing and I'm waxing and I tend to get a little more like rain it in, buddy, when it's when it's waning. It's it's a good time to con Mari. It's a good time to purge. Just a note on that. The purge can feel very addictive, but it if you get too addicted and you don't bring a, a grounded sense of spaciousness to it, we can we can over purge. And then what do we do? We perpetuate the cycle of buying new things when we're waxing again. And that's actually perpetuating the cycle of waste in a very real sense. But if you also think of it in an energetic sense, like the purge feels good for a lot of us, but we need to bring in a sense of intentionality to it and gentleness and ease to it. So 
the waning time, just like the autumn, is one I really have found to be deeply sacred and powerful. And I think it's all about slow and steady, slow and steady. It's also a great time to cut energetic cords with people or systems or patterns or behaviors that really irk in you, really steering you off course, driving you nuts, triggering you. Great time to do that. And then where, where do we come back to? The moon becomes dark and we shroud ourselves in mystery. We enter the womb once again, only to be rebirthed, to begin again. The seed is planted and the sprout comes up with the new moon. It's so powerful to be able to tune into and leverage this cycle of the moon in our own days. And if you layer in where the season is based on the sun, you've got seasonal cycle, and then you've got the cycle of the moon, and then you've got your own cycles in your body, however that looks, in your family dynamic, in your work pace. It's a really powerful way to live a magical life that feels not crazy-making, and a way to reframe our cyclical nature as humans as not unstable, but powerful and truly in aligned with the natural rhythms and patterns of the cosmos, of the natural world, of the moon and the stars and the planet we are riding on. So I'd love to know what practices you have with certain moon cycles or with the moon. This is literally a percentage of the conversation I could have around the moon. But I I figured this was an important one to use my voice and share because I think sometimes when these are written, it can get a little confusing or too cerebral. And that's the thing about this work is it's for all of us, right? And it's within us. And it's like so basic and yet so complex and vast, but our cells know. So I'd love to hear or read. I guess I'm hearing less and less more and I'm reading. Reading is sort of the thing of the day with technology. Okay, so I'd like to hear from you via reading what your moon practices are, what your moon practice desires are. I mean, this is the other thing. We get, we get off course. You know, like we live in this world and we forget about our cyclical nature and we lose track of where the moon is and hashtag life happens. And that's the beauty is the moon becomes full again. And one night you're like, why can't I sleep? And all of a sudden you look at the window and there's the moon and it brings you back to a deeper relationship and practice and reverence for this powerful being in the sky our ancestors looked upon as well so i'd love to hear from you hit me up on instagram at becca piastrelli and i will talk to you very soon thanks for being here bye thank you so much for listening i know your time is sacred and i hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. 
This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.